The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Anyway. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and keeping it legal. <laughs> I'm already having fun. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just a blast doing it this is. show. It really is. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we discuss the tech headlines of the past 10 days or so, and right. I have a hopefully helpful hint about making your own stationery next time you really need to get your wow. point across with paper. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. You know, and that. it's very easy to do. Yeah. But first, uh, a rant. A rant, yes. I do have to rant a little bit. All right. Just a little bit. Who is the subject of your rant? Well, it's actually not a negative rant. I mean, I guess rant automatically has a negative connotation. This is a positive rant. What would be a positive way to rant? What would be the word I would be looking for? Um, Let's see. Uh, uplifted Up- outrage? Yeah, uh, <laughs> uplifted outrage. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's uplifted outrage. Or you just have a, a strident opinion yes, you wish to share with the audience. a passionate opinion about this. All right. You know that I've been saying all along that Marvel has completely aced the film universe. There's no arguing this. Their movies have done very well yes, compared all, to yeah, the DC stable. Yeah, you know what? All right. Let's ex- excluding the Batman, Christian Bale era. There were yeah. four films, weren't there? I thought they did three, but Batman maybe... Begins. Yeah. Batman Keeps Going. <laughs> Batman gets tired. <laughs> Batman, Batman pauses <laughs> for a cool, refreshing drink. <laughs> All right, whatever. Doing the Christian Bale films, mm-hmm. excluding those, because those were fantastic. And yeah, I think you're right. I think there were three. But I wish there were four. DC has gotten it completely wrong on the film front. Just really abysmally We shan't bad. speak of Justice League. Oh, but Wonder Woman... Let's be fair. Yeah, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman was good. Was Aquaman really good. had a little glimmer yeah, of life. Yeah, for, he I was think people okay. were well, they weren't expecting much. No, they were, to be definitely okay were not expecting much. I'm not expecting much from Wonder Woman 1984, to be perfectly honest with you. No, we'll see. It's we'll a creative team. Fair enough. Fair enough. But on the TV side, DC has been kicking butt and taking names. There's no question. Don't at me about it. You know what I mean? Because it's true. This is the Greg Berlanti The Greg Berlanti universe, let's call it that. You know, you used to have the Bruce Timm animated universe, but now we've got the Greg Berlanti world. And, okay, Arrow, it's got to go. It's It's run its course. Yeah, it's run its course. Flash, on its last legs. But Legends of Tomorrow is a fantastic show. And the two shows on DC Universe, I haven't watched Swamp Thing yet. Uh But let me tell you, Titans was excellent. Uh I really enjoyed Titans. Total dark look at the whole Teen Titans universe. Batman is out of his mind. It's fantastic. They're going to have Batman on next year or next season whenever it comes back on. But the ace, the jewel, is Doom Patrol. Okay. Now, you remember the Doom Patrol comic. They've tried, I think it's still around now. They bought it back a couple of times. Yeah. The Robot Man, Negative Man. You know, they were like grade Z superheroes. And that's exactly what they are. Yeah. You know, in the comic, it's not like we're, you know, they are presented and feel they are grade Z superheroes. Um, they're twisted, dark, just broken individuals. The TV show is phenomenally good. The streaming show, I guess you call it. Uh-huh. It's on DC Universe. Phenomenally good. I mean, if there's an acting, a voice acting award, Brendan Fraser has to get it. Ooh. He is. I'm glad he, he's getting some work. I'm telling you, he is 
fantastic in the show. His voice work alone is unbelievable. If he, if you extract him from the equation, that show would be a complete garbage. But right. he, every scene he's in, and he's, you know, somebody else is playing the actual Robot Man character, and he's just doing the voice, but he's in there sometimes in flashbacks and all that. The cast is pretty good. The woman who plays Crazy Jane is kind of, you know, she's chewing up the scenery, but understandably so. Yeah. She's supposed to be playing 64 characters. But let me tell you, I binged that show and I started watching it again right after I finished. Now, is this a limited edition of the first season? Where are they at? First season, 15 episodes, which was nice and exciting because it's kind of sort of more than enough to, you know, you know, give you that, oh, yeah, I got enough of what I wanted. Yeah, it wasn't like a little six-season right. knockoff. Yeah. Right. It wasn't 22 or 24 episodes where they throw the filler episodes in there, although there were a couple of filler episodes. Yeah, yeah. But it happens. the stellar, Brendan Fraser's fantastic, but the big bad, Alton Tudyk. Oh. From Firefly. Wash. Yes, Ooh. from Firefly, and he is spectacularly good. He is an amazing, I mean, he's got such great range because he can play the affable good guy. Right. He's done a lot of voice work too. He he's was great, yeah. one of the voices Star in Frozen. Wars, yeah, yeah. He's so a, he, yeah, he's been Star Wars franchise the whole nine yards. Yeah, he is the big bad Mister Nobody. He makes that show as well. Between him and Brendan Fraser, I recommend you watch this, folks. If you like superhero stuff, if you don't like superhero stuff because it's that whole anti-superhero stuff, Cyborg is in it. Not very good actor, but it's a way better origin story for Cyborg than they did in the Justice League movie. Okay. I mean, this was an epic, epic, season-long origin story, and they did it for every single character. That's the way you do superheroes on TV. Brilliant. I mean, golf clap for All right, Doom and Patrol. how much does it cost for DC? Uh, I believe it's still $7.99, although it might have gone up to $9.99, and... I will warn you, folks, there's rumors that the service will not last too much longer. DC yeah, Universe, that is. DC is shutting some stuff down. Right. It might be folded into the bigger Warner Brothers Because they, they, they shut down Vertigo Correct. Week, yeah. They did indeed. Uh, so they're, you know, conflating stuff, or not conflating, but contracting stuff. And yeah. So I'm not sure if the DC Universe streaming service itself is going to be around for a while. But catch it. I'm pretty sure these shows are going to be absorbed into the Warner universe because spectacularly good. And I'm hearing good things about Swamp Thing, even though they kind of cut it yeah. after one season for some mysterious reason, which no one really knows. But I highly recommend Doom Patrol. Go, JD, watch it. All right. It is right. a fun show. A little bloody. Yeah. It's a little bloody in some parts, but it's just really a lot of fun, really emotional, really good storyline and good characters. Not even just for a comic book TV show, just for a TV show, period. All right. So this has your Kaiser stamp of approval. It does. It's really a lot of fun. Anyway, I'm sorry. I ranted on or outraged. Yes, no. <laughs> outraged you, for a little too long. You shared your enthusiasm, but I see you have a large McDonald's cup full of, I'm assuming, do, yeah. some kind of caffeine-based product. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of... It's a dollar. Oh, it's really? a dollar. How really? could I not buy a giant cup of soda for a dollar? For a buck? That, 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 that used is, to be yes. like, you know, that's... Yeah, this is like three bucks anywhere else. And in Times Square. So, you know, I was <laughs> I was my, I was my doing my little tourist bit today. Mm-hmm. Strolling through Times Square buying dollar soda. Were all the Elmos in there having their quarter oh, yeah. pounder break? But now they have like like uh, surgical masks. Oh, okay. Which was kind of weird. So you don't really see that it's, you know, they try yeah. to fake you out. So anyway, wow. that was weird. It's a magical place. <laughs> How about some news? News. Sorry I went on for so long. No, no, you, you love your shows. I do. 
Now, um, well, let's, let's ease in slow here. There's been a lot of legal stuff happening, yes. um, but uh, some other stuff, too. And The Washington Post has made some fairly strong allegations about Google Chrome. Wow. Now, as we know, browser comparisons have been around for decades. Oh, yeah, I remember please. way back Netscape Navigator versus Microsoft Internet Explorer back when it was a young upstart. Remember that in the 90s? That was the uh, Stone Age. And then this has continued on. You know, there's been many browsers come and go, but with their cross-platform popularity, I would say Mozilla Firefox and Google Chrome are often put head-to-head because they they run on pretty much everything. Uh, But a Washington Post tech columnist has come down on the side of Firefox uh, over the more widely used Google Chrome because of privacy issues. In a recent column titled, quote, Goodbye Chrome, Google's web browser has become spy software... Wow. End of headline. <laughs> That's pretty bold. Uh, Jeffrey A. Fowler of The Post explored how Chrome lets advertiser tracker cookies follow you all around the web as you click from site to site and points out that having the world's biggest advertising company make the most popular web browser was about as smart as letting the kids run a candy shop. So wow. he's kind of okay. pointing out that, you know, Google's got a little monopoly thing going Just a here. little bit. Just a bit. Um, and he goes on to describe that, uh, I guess... Um, he had 11,189 requests for tracker cookies that, that Chrome ushered right into his computer, uh, but Firefox had blocked them. So wow. he was sort of looking at the, this cookie allowance uh, comparison. So Firefox uh, did shut more of those down. Um, he knows that Firefox isn't perfect, but it's better than Chrome. And so, yeah, and Chrome's got all of these controls and very granular settings you can do to kind of block that, but it's very uh, complex, confusing privacy controls, mm-hmm. and a lot of people may not be able to figure them out. And uh, he also cited that Google's recent move to log Gmail users into Chrome for web tracking was kind of problematic. They kind of did this very quietly. And uh, Chrome for Android sends your location uh, to Google each time you do a search on your mobile device. And so he's kind of pointing out that Google is um, doing some things that are helping its bottom line there. I'm not taking this. I'm not taking this. Yeah, I've been using the the Brave browser, which is one that's got a lot of built-in tracker blockers. Yeah, based on Mozilla. Yeah, so uh, so I switched to that if I just really don't want to be bothered. But yeah, I switched to that a while but you, ago. You see, do see ads following you around though? If yeah, uh, you do absolutely. But uh, but also in uh, not so good news for Google, uh, its YouTube video sharing site is under a Federal Trade Commission investigation over allegations that it violates children's privacy. Really? We've heard that before. I'm shocked. Yes, um, and while these investigations results haven't been officially announced yet as of this recording, uh, the complaints contended that YouTube failed to protect kids who use the streaming video service and improperly collected their data. Uh, the Wall Street Journal has also reported that YouTube was uh, considering moving all of the children's content off into a separate app, which, yeah, that makes sense. You can put everything in there, mm-hmm. and YouTube Kids has some better controls to help protect younger viewers from inappropriate material, but right. it's very hard to do. The stuff is all over the site, uh, you know, the kids' videos. Complete, and then getting people to use just the YouTube kids' one, too, when they're used to going to main uh, YouTube is I don't, kind of a Herculean effort. I don't let my boy go to YouTube. My daughter doesn't really, but, you know, occasionally she'll go on there. But she's a, a little more aware of the dirt bags that might be out there, but we can't let the boy on there. Yeah. He ends up down a rat hole that it's like, what in the world are you watching? I noticed you said rat hole instead yeah. of rabbit hole. Yeah. Rabbit holes are, are comparatively yes, nice. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling this one. Yeah. So, well, you might find this next story of interest then on the topic of children's privacy and protection. Uh, as we know, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act of 1998, casually known as COPPA, is about 21 years old now. Yes. 
Uh, but it may be getting a legislative update from a bipartisan team of senators. There's that B word again. What is that word? I don't Working understand. Together. It. Yeah. Yes. Uh, lightly calling it COPPA 2.0 uh, legislation. It's also known as Senate Bill 748. It was introduced by Senators Ed Markey, the Democrat of Massachusetts, and Joss Hawley, the Republican of uh, Missouri, last spring. And this would uh, expand and enhance current protections mm. that the 1998 law had. Uh, but what it does on top of that is provides parents of children under 13 and teens with control and choice over online tracking, empowers the parents of children under 13 uh, and also teenagers the right to delete content uh, that they themselves post online. Nice. Prevents sites from pretending they don't have uh, children to evade COPPA's requirements. Really? And people will try to get around these laws Man. all the time. Prohibit personalized targeted marketing to children entirely and prohibit such marketing to teens without their permission. Require children and teens connected devices to have a privacy dashboard on their packaging explaining uh, information collection practices and security provisions. So nice. it's all this getting out in the open. Yeah. Prohibit the sale of insecure connected devices to children and teens. So if you're going to have your lousy smart device that has absolutely no security in your firmware, maybe that's not going to happen there. Yeah, let's not, let's not sell it to the kids, to the youngs. Yes. And they also want to create a youth privacy and marketing division at the Federal Trade Commission to focus on children's privacy and marketing. So mm. give the FTC a specific branch that right, just deals right. with kids stuff. So so that's some noble stuff there. And they introduced this bill last spring and it kind of like popped up on the radar. And then, you know, people read these things in committee and then nothing happens right. for, for several months. But until, there are, until a month before their vacation. Yeah. And then everything gets passed. Yeah. Um, but that is not the only tech legislation in the works from Senator Hawley. He's also working with uh, Senator Mark Warner, the Democrat of Virginia, on some legislation to require Facebook, Google, Amazon and other major platforms to disclose the value of their users' data. Now, this bill is called the Designing Accounting Safeguards to Help Broaden Oversight and Regulations on Data Act, or Dashboard for short. They really had to yeah. you know, work, they out, had to work the out Yeah, they had to work on that one. But so, somebody pieced this together, they get a cool acronym. And the bill is intended to help uh, consumers understand what they may be giving up when they click on that little I agree button on a user agreement. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this bill would also hold tech companies uh, to a higher level of transparency. So Warner, who thinks that the data is actually probably worth around $5 a month, some people say, no, it's more, it's like 20 but he's like, yeah, like 5 bucks a month. He says he wants consumers to be more informed about the real value of what they give up. So, you know, when they click agree and say, oh, by the way, you're also giving up uh, your location data, your relationship status, data about the apps you're using, your age, your gender, your, mm. you know, affluent or otherwise lifestyle – so he wants to make sure that people know, you know, yeah, it's free and you're using it. And they yeah. say they're just going to take but a little bit still of a data. Cost. They're yeah. still a cost. It's obviously but by the a way, cost. you're telling them all of this information yeah. about you. Let me tell you something. Remember back in the day, clout? Do you remember the clout score? Oh, yes. Clout with a K. Yeah. Clout with a K. That was your score. And that was supposed to be like your influencer score. And everyone was like fanning mm-hmm. themselves in glee over how high their clout score is. I can see this whole cost of how much my my information is worth being a new cloud score. Uh-huh. I can see people flexing about how much yes. their information worth is worth. $35. 35 bucks a month here, pal. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, so... Business opportunity. Trademark, PTJ. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Maybe you better get yourself down to Washington there, I Mr. Rosado. So. Yes, um, I think so. Mr. Rosado goes to Washington. Yes. So, uh, and as the Axios site reports, who they were uh, one of the first ones with this story... Uh, the bill will require companies that generate uh, material revenue from data collection or processing and have more than 100 million monthly users to disclose to users the types of data collected, how it's used, 
and to provide an assessment of the value of the data once every 90 days. Ooh. However, um, and I can already see some people thinking, well, can I charge the companies for my data if I just let there them use it? And it's like, no, yeah. it's not a one-for-one. One. They're just going to tell you how much it's worth and you use that information proactively in your own life so the companies would not be required to pay you for knowing your lifestyle. Right. Wow. But yet, anyway. Hold on a second. I got to lift my bucket of dollar soda here. Yes. Just give me give me a second to refresh. Don't, don't throw your shoulder out yeah, there. Yeah, no. Whew. Dollar Diet Coke. Hmm. Does it actually taste like Diet Coke, or is it sort of like it's it's got a metallic taste? It's, it's in the ballpark. Let's just you know, because sometimes you know it's a little weak when that syrup canister is well, they're know, trying to stretch it. It's in the can. It's in the it's in the ballpark. Yeah, all right. So it's nominally Diet Coke. Don't harsh my melon. Sorry. Have another sip. Now, also in the works up there on Capitol Hill, House Bill nine forty six, also known as the Stopping Bad Robocalls Act. We right. uh, hinted about this one a couple of weeks ago. No fancy acronym. Uh, no, they're just going to go, you know, stopping bad robocalls. You know, they're, they're, they just, they don't want you to have to think about it. You just want to know what it is immediately. Uh, the bill from the leaders of the House Energy and Commerce Committee would outlaw a wide range of robocall practices and give the government the power to slam down tougher penalties against callers who violate the law. The proposed law will require the Federal Communications Commission to update the definition of what qualifies as a robocall. Uh, which is a move that uh, could suggest a wider array of companies uh, to requirements um, and make them get consent before they're allowed to call a consumer. Uh, The bill is in addition to some of the recent moves the FCC has made on its own, which I know we've also talked about on a previous show, including an order uh, in June that allows wireless carriers uh, to enable by default services that automatically block suspected spam calls on behalf of consumers Although the FCC uh, still allows companies to charge for those services. You know how you can get the special extra blocking for a few bucks. Uh, Whereas the House lawmakers, uh, they would um, not have companies be able to charge you to block the robocalls. They just want them to block them. Just block them. And and it's getting at him. I mean, there was that story in the news about a hospital who basically its switchboard was flooded with robocalls and they could not get legitimate calls for help in. So it's getting to the point where someone could actually die or suffer you know, extreme consequences Truth. because a hospital switchboard is getting spammed because nobody's stopping these things from coming through. Yes, indeed. So so, so that's uh, some of the things there happening legal-wise. Uh, now, Facebook, uh, I, b- I believe it was last week, uh, they announced their cryptocurrency called Libra. Um, but not everyone is uh, falling all over themselves uh, to anticipate life in Libra world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Facebook said its goal for Libra was to provide an easily exchanged form of currency for the 1.7 billion people who don't have a bank affiliation. Obviously, developing countries, yeah, places that's where is. that's exactly uh, what it is, JD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you know they they would need money. I don't but, buy it. Yeah. Uh, neither does the uh, financial reporter Felix Salmon, who uh, wrote a piece for Axios headline "Don't Bother Worrying About Libra." Uh, the headline writers have been really good yeah, this past week or so because. Sure um, uh, Felix points out uh, issues with the uh, Libra to cash conversion and vice versa. Also, the unclear path to regulation, because uh, I guess f- Facebook just kind of floated this idea and didn't have any details uh, about how they were actually going to make it happen. And uh, they also point out uh, the lack of an actual bank on the list of Libra Association backing partners. That's a biggie. Yeah. They, I mean, they've, they've got all these other companies, but, but no major financial institution. So it's still very early. And Facebook has... They've tried current. Don't they have like Facebook credits or? Yeah, I'm, I, th- I believe they. Do. They've had some kind of of money exchange, um, but uh, he, he's saying, you remember Facebook phone? I thought so. This is also a weak attempt, a very weak attempt on Facebook's part to try to attract 
millennials. Yeah. The youngs. Yeah, who are fleeing from it anyway because they don't want to be on the same service as their parents. But they're heavily into cryptocurrency. Yeah. So it's like it's like those old TV shows where they try to be hip and young. Hey, yeah. kids. That's what Facebook's doing now. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah. So so we'll, we'll see if Libra, you know, and then the Libra Association uh, no bank, can, can make a go of it. Yeah, no bank. Uh, the bank. bank of Facebook. That's yeah. a scary thought. Yeah. So so maybe they're going to get one eventually. Who knows? But um, hackers are hacking everywhere, and anybody, including NASA, I don't know if you saw this one, uh, but a report published last week by NASA's Office of the Inspector General said the U.S. Space Agency has experienced intrusions mm. uh, because someone put an unauthorized Raspberry Pi uh, on the network there. Oh, um, and uh, uh, the intruders got in that way. Um, but the hackers have been described as a advanced persistent threat, which is the terminology they usually use to describe um, nation states yes. and, and state-sponsored hacking. So they're thinking, well, you know, this is somebody found their way in. Um the report described a breach in April 2018 where the aforementioned hackers got into the agency's network and stole approximately 500 megabytes of data related to Mars missions. Um, and they have traced it to someone at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory had connected the Raspberry Pi uh, without a network authorization or a proper security review. And uh, whoever got in there found the weak link through the Raspberry Pi and um, was able of, to download some Mars data. What kind of dipstick connects a Raspberry Pi to a NASA server. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. I imagine that this particular person is probably in severe trouble. I would from imagine From the IT so. department at the so. minimum. That, I would hope so. Wow. Yes. Uh, but speaking of the Raspberry Pi, though, the Raspberry Pi 4 is now on oh, sale. Nice segue. Just don't, well done. Just don't put it on NASA's don't network. Don't put it on NASA's network, um, freakazoids. Yeah, but uh, it starts at uh, 35 bucks for the one gigabyte of memory model, and I think it goes up, uh, you can get maybe four gigs for 55, uh, 65 bucks. This nice. is all before, you know, tax and add-on and all exactly. that. But it, it's... Uh, a little burlier now. It's got a faster processor, USB-C connections, and a revamped operating system based on the forthcoming Debian 10 Buster release. Buster. Buster. So, so if you're looking to pick up a new Pi, uh, one's out. Yeah, my, my little Pi, my little Raspberry Pi media box is kind of long in the tooth, so I may be looking into it. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a heavy lift uh, financially to upgrade that. And I'm not connected to NASA. Yeah. Yeah, you may be... Just saying. Just, yeah, I'm just, just saying. saying. Um, also in hardware news, uh, Google seems to be bailing on the Android tablet hardware business. I know really? you at one time were once a oh. massive collector of Android-based uh -huh. tablets. Absolutely. Um, but uh, Google is said to have canceled two different tablets it had under development and shifted those employees to other projects. Google's not commenting. I don't know uh, where this leaves the fate of third-party tablet makers. I know Huawei's probably not uh, doing too much yeah, uh, these not. days. Uh, but Android, you know, runs on the Barnes and Noble Nook and yes. and a few other devices. So, um, but I, Google never really seemed to be going all in, like because the Pixel no, tablet was not mm -hmm. very. No, they did not. They, you know, they're more about the phones and the Samsung deals. So yes, and Samsung makes some darn good tablets. Yes, that's for sure. Yes, and uh, very shiny phones. I hope they still make the tablets. Yes, uh, so we'll uh, keep an eye out uh, there. Um, and I'll link to a, a, a uh, post that has uh, you know some of the the more prominent Android tablets. Cool. Now, Amazon and Walmart are fighting to personally deliver those groceries you ordered online and get those goods into the right place. Um, 
They're offering to have delivery people bring your boxes indoors and even put your perishables in your refrigerator That's not in your happen. house. No, no, no. <laughs> now, they're saying this is all safe and secure because you'll be able to monitor a video feed of the visit uh, through a webcam or a body cam. I think Walmart's doing body cams and Amazon's got its, you know, Amazon cam thing. As long as those body cams have a shock button where mm-hmm. I can zap them from a mile away. No. Not not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Um, well, well, this is their plan. They you know really want to you know take the you know talk about like the, the last mile like the phone company does. This is like the last mile for the groceries, getting them into your fridge. But as the Los Angeles Times points out, Walmart and Amazon get to keep their own copy of that home delivery video. That oh really? That you can see you know the person not ripping you off and putting your milk uh-huh. in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, the companies would get it to keep a copy of that. Uh, So the L.A. Times observes, and I'm quoting here, with little formal accountability or transparency on how these companies store, process, and monetize the video and audio recordings of your home, privacy experts are concerned that consumers could be signing up for more than they realize, end quote. Duh. Duh. Yeah, so... um, Seriously now. Okay. All right. I realize that I pretend a little more than normal that this stuff outrages me and freaks me out but this this is legit rage this is legit like are you kidding me no no especially in new york yes plus you know i kind of be afraid of like for the delivery people in some buildings around here you know seriously man companies back off yeah just back the f off Mm because now you're crossing boundaries here Mm -hmm. you're gonna you want to come into my house like RoboCop with a body camera mm-hmm. to put put the eggs, ice cream in your fridge to put the ice cream, to put the ice cream in my fridge. Mm-hmm. I was gonna go with eggs because that's a little yeah, bit yeah. healthier, but yeah, the ice cream in the fridge. Yeah, and then and oh. not make judgments on my housekeeping. Now this is just too much. All right. Well, uh, the privacy experts are speaking up as as they tend to do. I'm not properly caffeinated. I need another bucket of Diet Coke. Yeah. Well, uh, McDonald's is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yes, and enjoy that. But while we're talking about Amazon, uh, their dominance of the book selling industry is pretty obvious, yes, I would say. Absolutely, um, no question. They, they kind of uh, t- tend to have corralled that and put a lot of stores out of business. Yes, they have. But what might not be as obvious is the amount of counterfeit books and other merchandise for sale on the Uber Mega Everything Store site. Counterfeit books? Yes, the New York Times recently took a look at the bogus books uh, industry and how Amazon doesn't really tend to check the authenticity of the merchandise it's from various sellers that it puts up for sale on its site and uh, has mainly been taking a reactive rather than proactive approach to policing the goods. Fake versions of expensive tech books and medical volumes, popular bestsellers where they've even misspelled the author's name because uh, it's a total bootleg typo, Wow, uh, have turned up. Agatha Christie classics, uh, stuff that's in the public domain that people have repackaged and are putting up for sale. Man. Which is not technically illegal. It's just kind of No, it's kind of sleazy. But uh, but like for someone who's like trying to sell a legitimate $150 medical textbook to have somebody pirate that and put out their own version and then sell it off as the legitimate thing, that's a problem. So um, the Times uh, looked into this. There's a very extensive story by David Streitfeld, who's been covering Amazon for years, and we'll post a link to it. Great reporter, too. Yes. Um, but where Amazon has dealt with this problem is on its financial disclosure forms, where it listed counterfeit goods as a risk factor, saying it might not be able to prevent its merchants from um, selling unlawful counterfeit, pirated, or stolen goods, or selling goods in an unlawful and ethical manner. So... If just basically just like check your merchandise carefully, mm-hmm. maybe go to a real bookstore. You might say, you know, 
not save a couple of bucks, but you know you'll be getting legit stuff because you can actually look at it, touch it, and and see the book in the store and then buy it. But how much does this really affect Amazon? Because all they have to suggest is, hey, don't buy it from the third-party vendors. Buy it from us. It, well, it, it, um, I think even some of the, the bulk sellers that are selling to them wow, um, wow. are, are – and, and then – because people, they're only responding to when people say, hey, I got this book. It was full of typos and they complain, but Amazon's not looking at any of the stuff before right, it puts right, it up right. for sale on its site. So, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. So another thing we have to worry about. Just another thing. And finally. And finally. Media literacy. Mm, Always media good to literacy, have. Yes. It's more important than ever in the Internet age. And Google's education wing has six new activities for its Be Internet Awesome campaign. The program is designed to help kids analyze and evaluate media as they navigate the Internet and is done in association with actual trained educators who are designing these programs and trying to keep the kids uh, to to pay attention. Be Internet Awesome is designed uh, like an instruction manual for making smart decisions online. And the lessons are both in English and in Spanish, along with eight other languages. Um, And you can um, educators can use the training. You can also do it to parents one on one can also and Google is partnering with YMCA and the National PTA in multiple cities uh, to host online safety workshops. Do they have it in Klingon? I would hope that they would. I would hope. Yes. One would hope. Uh, hopefully that's one of the eight languages Thank besides you. English and Spanish that Thank they you. do. May I make a, a point here? About Google? <laughs> no, just yeah. about internet awesomeness. Yes. One easy way for media literacy mm-hmm. is if you read a story and you get instantly outraged enough where you want to rage on some social platform, like you get seriously so affected by the story and so upset that you need to tell somebody and tell the world, stop, Yes. take a beat, and find out if it's true. Yes. That will make you verify. internet verify. What's your line? Trust but verify. Yeah, which I think is actually from a media organization. Well, but... I'm going to credit you. Okay. Well, the hell with the media yeah. organization. Who yeah. believes, who trusts the media organization anyway? Yeah, Verify with multiple sources. Yes. This is the thing, because right now it's easy to get outraged. I'm guilty of it all the time. If you yeah. read my Twitter feed, you know I am constantly outraged and ticked off about something. Yeah. But invariably, I or or I try to stop and verify before I go on my outrage spiel. Yes, verify. And also, and look at the date, because sometimes yes. so- stories resurface and you're all angry and this thing happened three yeah, years ago. Yeah, and you ago, realize so. it's three years ago. Yeah, yeah. I've been caught with that too. Yeah. And there's so. no shame getting caught in it, but you're just propagating bad information. And if you do get caught, own up to it. Yes. That's how you be internet awesome. Yes. So uh, we will Youngs. Have- yes, you- Cute little young people. Cute little young and- um, so we'll have links to all these stories we talked about in today's news, including links to the, the very exciting uh, House and Senate bills uh, that I mentioned earlier in the news. Yes. Yes. Um, you can find all of those online at popcheckjam.com. Up next, we're going to talk about good old-fashioned treeware. Probably time for a hopefully helpful hint. We ah, haven't done yeah, we haven't done one in a while. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I was thinking about: uh, a lot of times we voice our opinions on social media, or we send I emails. No, yes, I yes, don't. you know, no. you're, you're very, you know, 
demure oh, yeah, on, very, on socials. <laughs> but there's certain times when you just need to write an old-fashioned letter. Agreed. Legal type things, letters of recommendation, complaint letters. Yes. I have a friend who keeps a boilerplate complaint letter against uh, his least favorite airline just on his hard drive because he finds he needs to use it at least once every That's a great month. idea. And he, he has tons of frequent flyer, you know, bonus miles uh, because of this. But there are, are times when email is not going to cut it. Nope. You need to, like, break out the printer, find a stamp, send this letter. Yeah. And then people say, well, how, you know, I could just write it and – one other thing, you can make your own custom stationery, nice. which looks very impressive and will save you time from having to like repeatedly re-enter your return address and all that. And making your own stationery, you don't have to go to a print shop. Okay. You know, I mean, you can if you want the fancy, but if you just want something basic to fire off a letter, yeah. all of the major word processing apps, the free and the paid ones, have little templates in there. And okay. you can go in there and pull down your favorite business letter template. Or design one of your own if you fancy yourself a graphic designer. I don't. <laughs> uh, all, all of these also have a you know style and formatting, and you can can design your own stationery no nice. matter where you get it. You know, with all your letter, your contact information, the body of the letter. You know, just have some dummy type in there for whoever you're going to write to, and then you save it as a template. And, a little ipsum lorem. Uh, yes, yes, that yeah. that old Latin chestnut. Yeah, there you go. Um, and depending on the program you're using, like Word has that save as template option. Uh, you can also just keep reusing the file as you use it. Uh, but most of the apps have a way to save your own personal thing as a template. And so once you do that, you can just type your letter, print it out, sign it. Yep. Or if you don't feel like looking for the stamp or you want to get it there immediately, you're not going to go through the postal service. You can do this thing, which I like to do, which is save it as a PDF. Mm -hmm. And on most of the newer platforms, including Windows 10, iOS, they have the markup feature. So right. you write your whole letter. You have your beautifully designed uh, template. You've oh. got the body of your letter. And then you can take a stylus or your finger and use either the markup tool on iOS, uh, whatever, up to 12, or the uh, markup tools in Microsoft Edge and sign your name. Wow. So you can put your own signature on there. There's other ways also to embed signatures with like Adobe fill-in sign, or you can have a signature file on your computer or device that you just drop into the document. I just use a, a JPEG. Really? Yes. Of, of your, I'm of so your, old school. Your, yeah, your my job. actual signature. That's, That's so another way school. to do it. Um, I like the fancier way you did. Yeah, and, and then you just you can send the thing as an electronic letter uh it's nice. still printable on the other end it's not the the raw word processing thing where the right. formats could slide around or somebody could change it it's the frozen in time pdf right it's, it not, also, a, it's not an email with a bunch of replies and yeah it looks yeah it horrible. is a solid letter attachment and you can also uh make it easy to have your own file copy because yes. if you sent it uh, exactly. and you don't have to worry about oh i sent my only copy of this letter so so it's just a little reminder here that, yes, there are certain situations where you need to break it out and do a formal letter uh, and state your case, but you can do it very easily now. Um, I will have a link to an article that shows you how to find the templates, how to design it, how to nice. save it, how to add your signature. And then uh, I'm, I'm not going to have you to mail it because hopefully people still yeah. remember how to do that. Yeah. But you can also send it by email if you do the PDF option. Yeah. But let me tell you, a letter sent through snail mail? Is still very effective. Yes, if, especially if it's a complaint. Yeah, sometimes it'll reach like the top of the chain. Yeah, because you have, you have taken the time to yeah. sit there and, and and nobody gets mail anymore. So it's like, what is this thing? It's this lonely thing in the mail cart. Yeah, yeah. let me open it. Yeah. So uh, so for anyone out there who maybe thinks they want to try this, or you just want to give the kids a project because it's summer and they need to keep busy. Oh, that's good. Idea. I'll have a link on our show page at popticjam.com. 
Now it's time to go. Yes, we have to go. We got to thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes, and thank you, listeners. Thank you. We hope everyone's having a good summer or if you're the Southern yes. Hemisphere winter. Yes, a good winter. Um, And uh, keeping busy with all your seasonal activities. Yes, indeed. Let me tell you something, folks. As you can tell, our schedule has been dynamic and our, dyna- our, our dynamism is probably going to continue for a little while. So we're going to try to keep a weekly schedule, but sometimes, you know, yeah, things happen. Yeah, we may slide a little bit. We slide a little bit. You know, just stay with us. Stick with us, folks. Yeah, just put us on subscription. Yeah. We'll download when we're there. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, when life settles down, we'll settle down. Yes. So uh, so until that happens, uh, we, we will keep yapping just more erratically. Yes, indeed. Um, but we hope everyone is having a lovely week, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios! Adios!